So as we begin this introduction, it talks about new beginnings. Now, why should anybody today want to study the book of Joshua, this ancient book that gives us grim accounts of war and slaughter and conquest? But did you know that the book of Joshua, if it was a fiction book, it would be an exciting book to read about the adventurous stories. But it conveys the real history of the Israelites and what God is doing in the inspired Holy Scriptures. So here's what I want you to keep asking yourself is, as we go through this process of this study, I want you to be asking yourself, I see what they did there in the life in the days of Joshua. How does that relate to me this day? And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit is just going to give you that, that revelation knowledge, that understanding that his word is very active and very alive. Now, Benjamin Franklin once wrote this in 1783, and I wasn't there when he wrote it, because if you marry, that there never was a good war or a bad peace. Now, could, could it be possible that this great old patriarch may have been wrong for once? You see, after all, God called Joshua to be a general as he led the Israelite army into that conquest of the promised land. But it's much bigger than possessing the land, to conquering a new territory. It is what God was teaching us this very day. It is possessing the promises of God. So the book of Joshua is a book of new beginnings, as we're going to start this off with, with the people of God. And if there ever, if there ever was a season that we live in today, it is, we want some new beginnings, something to do over you. So here's what I want you to understand is that God really wants to relate this to us. After 40 years wandering in the wilderness, Israelites, Israel claimed their inheritance. And, and here's, here's what they said in Deuteronomy 11, 21 says this, as the days of heaven upon the earth, as the days of heaven upon the earth. That sounds pretty cool. God wants to give us those blessings. He, he tells us in Ephesians 1, 3, is that we, and he, he blesses us with all, say all, all spiritual blessings. I want not some of those spiritual blessings. I want every one of them. I am stingy. I don't want to miss out on one of them. I want every single thing that God has for us in those spiritual realms. So let's take a look at Joshua. First of all, we're going to see very quickly, Joshua was the leader from Exodus 3 to Deuteronomy 34. The Bible focuses on the ministry of Moses. But God chose a servant for Israel when he died. Now, can you imagine taking, filling those shoes? Now, we don't, we don't forget about Joshua because, I mean, about Moses, because Moses is mentioned 50 times in the book of Joshua. 
You would think that, that I, I, I remember when I just came here this March, just a few more months, it's going to be 21 years ago that I came as your pastor. And, and I could remember people saying, well, Jimmy Ballard did. Well, Jimmy Ballard did it this way. Well, you know, Jimmy Ballard, now Jimmy Ballard was the previous pastor before me. He was here for 16 years. Just an amazing man of God. But but I, I tell you something is that I, I maybe I got to a little point is that maybe I didn't want to hear that name so often because I'm the pastor here. Well, Moses, his name was mentioned 50 times in the book of Joshua because he was a great man of God. Well, there was someone to take his place. And Joshua 24, 29 tells us is that he is a servant of the Lord. Here's what Charles Wesley once said. God buries his workers, but his work goes on. Hmm. Remember that. It's not the person particularly. It is important, but it's his work. Because the work of which he has begun, he'll bring to its completion, Scripture tells us. It doesn't mean the person that he started to work in, the work of which he has begun. So here is Joshua now, stepping in the sandals, if I could say, of Moses. Well, not only was Joshua a leader, Joshua was a slave. Now, God spent some years in, in uh, developing Joshua into the position that he was stepping into. He was born into slavery in Egypt. And he was given the name Hoshea, which means um, salvation. And, and later Moses named him Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. I think Joshua's parents living in slavery, that, that they were putting all of their energy on their very firstborn because they wanted him to lead them. They wanted him to do something to make a change to get them out of that slavery. Now, they weren't thinking about the whole Exodus thing, I'm sure, that two and a half million people would just be released out of Egypt. All the workers out of Egypt would be taken, uh, walked right out the door. Now, but they were looking for hope in their firstborn son. Now, also notice this is that being a firstborn son, during this time of that, well, releasing all the Israelites out of Egypt, Joshua was the firstborn in the family of none. And, and in that family, that when, when that tenth plague was the firstborn of every household will be killed, Unless you had that blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their homes. So, so even though he was a young man at that time, he was the firstborn that he went through that. And, and here's, here's the other thing. Is Joshua, in that time of all that was going on, you ever hear someone say they're, you know, um, they're guilty by association, you know. Well, he, he was blessed by association. 
because he was a part of what God was doing in the life of Moses. He, he was part of the, that time when, when Moses stood before Pharaoh and, and those ten plagues, one after the other, took place, literally humiliating the, the Egyptian leadership. He, he was there when they came to the Red Sea. When the mountains on one side and, 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 the, and the army of Egyptian army behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. They thought surely this was going to be the death of them all. And then Moses holds out that rod, that stick in the waters while the wind begins to blow. And <laughs> I can't, I hope they have a DVD or something of that in heaven. I just, I just, I just want to see that. You know, I know I've seen Charleston, uh, what's it, Charleston? That's it. Heston and, and that in and, and the Ten Commandments. And that was so much fun to watch that happen. And it's going to be much better than that. And, and, and the ground was dry. You would talk about a blow dryer. The ground was dry. And, and, and I also often thought is, you know, you're taking two and a half million people through this little corridor, which couldn't have been that little because they had all their animals and getting them all across. And, and, and the fish are here and the fish are there and they're looking at each other, you know. And, and, I, and, and if there was any kid that was like I was a kid, my hand would have been in that water walking through that, you know. And, uh, and the parents, don't, don't, don't do that. You know, it's like the word about you're going to unplug something. Uh, he was a part of that. He saw all that marvelous thing, which tells me he developed to be a man of great faith. Now, there, there's something else. Not only was Joshua the, the slave, it was Joshua the soldier. Now, his first recorded battle that, that he was dealing with was with the Amalekites, and they, uh, they defeated them. Joshua was a big part of that. Now, I know Moses was a prophet. He was a legislator, but Joshua was a general with exceptional military skills. He was also known as a man of great courage. So he was willing to face the enemy because he seen what God was able to do and being alongside of Moses in all those years. Now, I, I don't know if, 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 Mo, if, if Joshua was trained in the military army and promoted in there. We have no record of that. We do know that Moses was even offered a high position in Pharaoh's palace, but he, he reclined that, he denied it, and, and he wanted, uh, but yet he was educated. Maybe Joshua was in the army, maybe not in a ranking position, but he learned the military way. As, as a young man, we're not told of anything of that sort. But I know that that very first battle that he went through and he won, maybe it was a test for what he had to experience in the days to come or the years to come as he was in the wilderness and then taking them into the promised land that the battles in which he was going to face. Could, could I say that maybe, maybe as we've entered into 2021, that 2020 was a testing ground for us. 
seeing how we are going to handle that battle that was before us. But, but not only was, was Joshua the leader, and Joshua was a slave, and Joshua was a soldier, but Joshua was a servant as well. In Exodus 24, verse 13, Joshua is called, um, um, called Moses' servant, minister. Now, you see, he came alongside of him quite a bit. He accompanied Moses to Mount Sinai. He was there when Moses came off the mountain and confronted the people with the golden calf. It wasn't enough that Joshua was a good warrior, but I want you to know that Joshua also was a worshiper as well. And, and, and here's what I do know is that Joshua was a man of the word. When, because it was more than his skills with the sword, it was his skill with the word of God. In Joshua 1 8, he, listen to this. It was told to him, Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful, and to be and to the word. Uh, I'm the God of the word. Wow. He's telling them, keep this word on your lips. Sometimes that we can, we can look at the circumstances of our world around us with the pandemic, with the craziness of politics, with finances, with jobs lost, and all types of stuff that is going on all around us. But when I allow the word of God to be able to be on my mind and being spoken in my lips, I'm able to take that stand for his word. Joshua 5, verses 13 through 15 says this. And when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now, that would get your attention. Joshua went up to him, which tells me he was a man of courage, and he asked, Are you for us, or are you our enemies? <laughs> I think I wouldn't have gone up to him, because just in case if he was the enemy, I didn't want to be in striking distance. You know, I would shout, Hey, are you for us or against us? Well, this person says, Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does the Lord have for his servant? That, that, is, that is very important to understand because, you know, we sang that song. It's, you know, it doesn't matter what everybody says. I am who you say I am. He knew who he was. At that moment, he knew he was a servant, a man of God. Yes, you know, he knew he was a leader. Yes, he knew that he once was a slave. Yes, he knew that he was a soldier as he was facing this, this commander of God's army who had a sword. But most of all, at that moment, he knew he was a servant. I want you to know something. As we are facing 
our giants, whatever it is that is in front of us. Know this, that you are who he says you are. You are his child. I, I know that there's all types of thoughts and craziness is going on in our world and wondering if we're going to survive or this is going to happen. What I do know is God's word says that he was, he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is my defender. I could trust in him no matter what. I, I've, I've often says it now when, when this crazy thing of this pandemic hit us is that my, my retirement went, phew, I, I lost a whole bunch of money. And I looked at Arlene. <laughs> and I says, uh, looks like I'm going to be working at the Walmart for a lot of years, you know. And, uh, I'll be that old guy there welcoming people. Could you imagine seeing that? I would have a ball talking to people as they were coming in. But, but then I looked at her and says, I, I want you to know, babe, is that, that if we lose it all, we are his, and he will have the ravens. And here's what the ravens done to the prophet of old, is that the ravens went into the king's dining room, took the meat off of the king's plate, and brought it to him. So I'm, I'm open for just a herd of birds coming in and bringing me a buffet, you know. It's because God is going to take care of us. And, and even, even you've seen that in your life already, maybe in 2020, is that how God is, is taking care of you? I, over, over the years, when I started in ministry, we had nothing, not two nickels. We, we, had, we had some peanut butter. That's all we had in, a, in our cupboard. And, and someone came to our door, and they, they worked at a grocery store, and they said, we have all this extra bread. Could you use it? My kids behind me were embarrassing. They were jumping down, up and down. They were so excited. We got bread. We got peanut butter and bread. Woo! Now, that really tastes good because God provides, always provides. He knew he was a servant. And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for this place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. You see that he knew that God was with him. You knew that that place where you are is holy. Because he says the ground on which we walk on will be taken for his kingdom. It's holy ground. Wherever we may be, he is with us. During Israel's wilderness journey, Moses had this special tent that he set it up outside the camp where he could meet with God. Guess who had the responsibility of watching over that tent? Joshua. Guess in, in, in that he protected it to make sure it was safe. Just being there in that arena. I think that when, when I just started out in the ministry, I had this precious man of God. In, in that he, I looked out my little apartment, you know, there was one bedroom and four of us living in it. But I could see the church and it was midnight one night and the light was on in the sanctuary. 
And I went over there and thinking, what's, what's going on? This, this, this precious child of God, the pastor, he was in front on the, on the, well, was really not kneeling at the altar because he was curled up in a fetal position, crying, weeping before the Lord. This man was a man of God. And, and I walked up to him and says, Pastor, are, are you okay? And, and he says, Tom, did you ever, did you ever feel that, that you have a word of the Lord for the people and they're not hearing? And he was just broken, weeping before him. They gave this poor pastor just a hard time. Uh, I can remember one time, and, and I didn't go to the board meetings. I was just the youth pastor there, and, and, and they, I weren't invited to be a part of the board meeting. But it, but it wasn't a night for the board meeting, and, and the board was meeting together. And, and that's illegal in, 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 the, in the Constitution because the pastor has to be at every meeting. So, so I knew something not good was happening. So this 20-something kid, he, he didn't understand, you know, the whole aspect of pastoring a church. I, I walked into that meeting, and they looked at me shock-wise. I, I had one of those little tape recorders with a cassette in it, and I hit record. I says, now make sure that when you talk, identify who you are so that it's being recorded. I just wanted the pastor to know what is being said in this meeting. <laughs> I'm amazed they didn't kick me out. They all left. But for me, just to be in the proximity of that pastor, was all I needed because he truly was a man of God. And I wanted that mantle to just fall upon me. This is what Joshua felt about Moses. He was far more than, as I said, than a warrior. He was a worshiper. Joshua was jealous. He was jealous for the glory of God. Not that, that he, he, he was greedy. He was desirous. He was hungry for what what Moses had. And, 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 and just like Moses is that Moses would not take any special privileges for himself. It was for the people. And, and when, when there was a time for Joshua to get his inheritance of, of what they were able, the bounty in which they received in, in, in battle, he was the last in line. So when I look at Joshua the leader, Joshua the slave, Joshua the soldier, Joshua the servant, and now I see Joshua the spy. Now, in Kitty Sparnia, just like saying that name there, in Kitty Sparnia, when, when after about 11 days after they left Egypt, they were right there ready to go into the promised land. And, and what happened is that Moses sent there in Numbers, the 13th chapter in the land of Canaan, he sent 12 men to go into that promised land for 40 days. They didn't just go look around and run out. For 40 days, they were there. After the 40 days, 10 of them came out discouraged 
because what they saw, because they did not feel that they could overcome the enemy, the giants that were there. While the two spies, Caleb and Joshua, was encouraged and they wanted to go in because they trusted in God. Sadly, the people listened to those ten spies, the faithlessness of these men, and they end up being in the wilderness for 40 more years. I don't know if it being in the wilderness for 40 years or being in Egypt for a lifetime was any better. See, this crisis revealed some fine leadership qualities in the life of Joshua. It's not just how you react in your victories. It's how you react in your defeats. Now, listen to this, church. He was not blind to the reality of the situation. He knew what God could do, but the people didn't want to do it. He didn't allow the problem and the difficulties to rob him of his faith in God. He did not allow his difficulties, his problems to rob him of his faith. The ten spies looked at God through the difficulties. And Joshua and Caleb look at the difficulties through what they knew about God. Their God was big enough to handle all this. I read this decades ago, and I never, never forgot it. And it says this, that you can talk to God about your problems, or you could talk to your problems about God. Now, let me tell you, oh, I'm going to talk to God about my problems, but the problems are still there. You see, unless we talk to that mountain about God and says, mountain, be moved into the sea, I can talk to God. God, now can he move that mountain in the sea? Yes, he can. But he wants to see that we are the people of faith, the people of authority of this word. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. I refuse to give in to defeat that bad situation, even though it was something very difficult. It looks like I lost everything. I was not going to give in to that because my God is bigger than that. So I speak to that. It says, he will provide. Now, listen, church, knowing he was right. Joshua wasn't afraid to stand up against the majority. It was Joshua, Moses, and Caleb, the times that stood alone to risk their very lives, but God stood with them. It has been, been said that one with God is the majority. I believe in days to come is that our faith our belief is going to be attacked. I believe that there will come days when whatever I preach, that, that there are people come against me because they will say that it, it is a hatred speech if I speak against sin. But we declare the word that it is yea and amen. We have to have that courage. Think of the years of blessings in the promised land that Joshua missed. But Joshua waited patiently with Moses and he did his job. 
You see, sometimes we wonder, God, where are you? I want you to change this. What he's saying is that I want you to be faithful right where you are. Do your job. It gets quiet sometimes when we say that because we want God to do his job. We want God to fix this pandemic. We want God to fix our political chaos. We want God to fix the finances. God says, I want you to be faithful right where you are. And what is it that you want me to do? Be faithful what I called you to do today. That's what Joshua did for the next 40 years. As the Israelites did not go into the promised land, he knew that that was what God wanted them to do. He could have thought about him and Caleb overriding the authority of Moses and taking over. But they yielded to the authority of Moses, and for 40 years they served under his leadership. And God honors that, my friend. He honors those who are willing to be under authority. But I still have the feeling that Joshua and Caleb, for those 40 years, they met quite a bit. I'm sure they prayed together. I'm sure they waited for that moment where God removed them into that place. But yet they stayed faithful to God and Moses in that leadership of which he has given them. So we covered Joshua the leader. Joshua the slave, Joshua the soldier, Joshua the servant, Joshua the spy. Boy, he wore a lot of hats, didn't he? But it's no different with you. You Your your mother, your father, you're you're a worker, you're co-leaders, maybe you have your own company or not. There's all types of hats in which you wear as an individual. We we identify with those hats because he wants us to be faithful in each one. Some of them are for a season. He wants us to be faithful in those things. So now, let's take a look at Joshua, the successor. Through the wilderness journey, God was preparing Joshua to be the successor for Moses. And when Israel defeated Og, the king of Basha, Moses used a victory to encourage Joshua not to be afraid of his enemies. When Moses was preparing to die, I have a picture of someone who painted Moses in, in, in the world headquarters of the Free Methodist Church. Arlene worked there as a receptionist for about eight, nine years in And there was this big portrait of someone painting of Moses. And you would think that 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 picture is Moses, you know, and all the the tough man that he was. And he had to be. But boy, that picture did not show that. It it showed out a a strong will. But it showed out a man that was battle-worn. But a man, that, that there's just something about that picture. I look and thinking, man, I wouldn't mess with him. I wouldn't mess with him. He may have been old, wore out, and tattered. But I wouldn't mess with him. Because there was this man of great faith. He knew his time 
was coming. And he prayed that God would give him that replacement of him. And it was Joshua. In his final message to the Israelites, Moses told the people that God would use Joshua to defeat the enemies and would help them to claim that promise and that inheritance. And then he also encouraged Joshua to trust in God. And then Moses laid hands on Joshua. And he asked God's blessings upon him. I had the privilege at one time of years ago having Mark Bentain, a missionary out of um, Bangladesh, India, where you've heard me say this story and it bears repeating is that this was truly a man of God. That, that when he was a young man in India, out of Canada, he came, went to India and there was a flood in Bangladesh. And he was in that floodwaters up to his chest, saving children. Now, I want you to know is that that floodwaters would be very dangerous because of all the disease that there was. Because they would put their dead out on the street. They could not afford to bury them. And then someone would come by and pick them up and throw them on a cart and then discard them. For decades, this amazing man served in India. That, that he ended up having building churches all over India, built a hospital. He was feeding 50,000 children. They still do a day. When, when, and this was a man of, of great prayer. He's not a guy that you just talk small talk to. <laughs> And, I, and there was a time I met him at that airport to pick him up for a meeting he was having at our church. And here's this, this worn out symbol of Moses. And he's sitting on a chair waiting for me, rocking back and forth. And you could hear him saying, my dear Calcutta, my dear Calcutta. People would walk by him and thinking, man, he's strange. I've had opportunities to to be with him, but never really just one-on-one to just talk. Until one evening, I had the privilege to take him from the church as an associate pastor. I was and Pastor Lee passes, would you take Mark to the hotel? Oh, man, I'm going to have one-on-one. That crazy guy in that car, the whole ride, he prayed. Then he's ready to get out. He looked at me and he reached out and he laid hands on me and he prayed over me. I was like a bull putty. I wept. I was crying. I felt that covering of that man praying my a symbol of like Moses over me. As Joshua had to feel when Moses prayed over him. You see, God had something in store. Like Moses, Joshua was human and he made his mistakes. But he was still God's chosen and anointed leader. 
And the people knew that. For Joshua 1.17 says, Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. It's a humbling position to be in. I am so grateful for this church. I'm so grateful in your willingness to follow me as the leader of this congregation. And especially this past year. It was one of the most challenging years of 40-some years of ministry. And God has proven himself. Did I make mistakes? I am sure that I did. But I want you to know something. This pastor and this pastor, pastoral staff is called to be here. Trust in us as we lead this church to what God has for us in 2021. You see, the secret of Joshua's success was his faith in the Word of God. He had that commitment to it. And he declared those promises of God's word. His word to Joshua was, be strong. My word to you as a body of Christ in 2021. Where we're saying, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. And we couldn't. But 2021 could be even more challenging. Don't say that, Pastor. I don't want to see you here talk about it. But it could be. But he said, be strong. Because I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I believe that God is having us study this book of Joshua. When several months back, I was talking to Pastor James about about what direction I'm going to take the church in the beginning of the year. And I was telling him about Joshua. These new beginnings that he has. But those new beginnings were not without challenges and not without cost. There were battles that he had to go through in those new beginnings. But God has been faithful. And I want you to know, family of God, God is faithful. Be strong. Be strong. You know, when, 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 when they had that crazy shooting at the Boston Marathon, there was this saying, Boston strong. And boy, that just went everywhere. And now anytime when there's something crazy that goes on, they would say, so-and-so strong, Cincinnati strong, you know, United States strong. I'm going to tell you, child of God, be strong because he is there with you. And his word, as he spoke into the life of Joshua, is the very same word that he's speaking into us this very day. So we talked about today that new beginnings. Joshua, all these hats and these wars and leaders, slaves, soldiers, servants, spy, successor. We wear a lot of hats. But God has something new, something fresh that he wants to place in our lives. Next week, I'm going to be sharing with you about a new land and then a new life. Then we'll get into chapter one. But I'm excited to hear the word of the Lord that he has for us in 2021. Are you? Are you ready? Are you ready to be strong? 
Even, even if we are battle-worn, even if we are tired, exhausted, with all everything that's happened, I want you to know God will rise us up. And God would use us because the battle is the Lord's. I, I, I love those challenges that, that the battle, Lord, it, it are yours. Even when, when there is more of them than us. Then he tells the prophet to tell, open the eyes of that. The prophet says, open the eyes of that servant. He saw the chariots of fire. Remember that story? Well, there wasn't more than them, was there? In family of God, he's there. He's with us. He will watch over us. And as we walk in that strength of his word and the promises that he's given to us, we're going to experience that heaven on earth, that promised land experience that God has for us.